welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. We've got a couple things to preview today. One, an actual sporting event, the NCAA tournament, and the other, some off-season practices that will be set up somewhere on Notre Dame's campus. So, let's do basketball first. Uh, we were over talking to Bray and some players last night. Notre Dame draws a six seed. Tim, you were out in D.C. covering the ACC tournament I, I have a hard time getting a read on like where Notre Dame is right now, at least in a good way, because there's a there's some warning signs there. Yet, I think that the, the draw they got was a real positive. I, I think they have a, they have a chance to do something. I think they're they're pretty fortunate, all things considered. They play the winner of Michigan, Tulsa. Either one of those teams, both of those teams, could have been excluded, and there wouldn't have been much conversation about that. Then they would have to play West Virginia, number three seed. We know what West Virginia is capable of doing, you know, with the press. They average, uh, they, they force 10 turnovers, uh, or, or they have 10 steals per game yeah. as their average. And <laughs> it's a bad time for Notre Dame because they just turned it over 35 times in two games in the ACC tournament, which when you consider they beat, you know, Duke and North Carolina during the regular season and had a combined eight turnovers in those two games, they're in a bad spot. Is it because of the... You know, we want to play with a faster tempo. I don't necessarily think that. I don't think they played out of control, but they certainly didn't protect the basketball very well. I thought they played out of control against Duke, but that North Carolina just suffocated them, and it had nothing to do. Those turnovers were Carolina because, played great yeah, defense, they, and then they, played just, even better defense against Virginia in a championship. Right, right. Game. I do think they played too, not too fast because it worked for them, but they, I thought they were out of control against Duke. Some of those turnovers, twice involving a wide-open VJ Beecham on the break, where they just it just looks like a high school game, the way they were playing, and then all of a sudden flip the switch and, you know, all that stuff started mm-hmm. working. But I do think there's a fine line, though, because if you're going to play West Virginia, you can't pull back too much because when you beat the press, you have to score, especially right. if you're Notre Dame uh, with the way their offense is constructed. So the one good thing is we're getting ahead of ourselves, but West Virginia presses. Notre Dame's got guys that can handle the ball. I mean, all year long, they weren't turning it over. I thought it was so interesting talking to Bray last night. Like, how many teams go to the NCAA tournament? You know, they're comfortably in as a six, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the head coach is like, yeah, we might change our starting lineup. Because that, that's where Notre Dame is right now. And so what? what is it? When you talk and I about, asked him, what, is it more? are you considering yeah, more than two lineups? And he just, said, you know, maybe. So. On one hand, he's talking about, hey, I want our guys to be confident and loose and just go for it. But on the other hand, if you're saying like, yeah, I might bench this guy and put in this other. Like, I think he's trying to a, maximize Bonzi Colson, who yeah, really, for, yeah, but, I know he's still a young player. What is that? Is that Matt Ryan? Does he get in there? Does Fluger get more minutes? I mean, Steve Vistori is a captain who whose shooting stroke is gone right now. What do you do with that? I think it, I think that's a good question, and I think it impacts Fluger. I think Fluger's the guy that he feels more comfortable with handling handling the basketball. So maybe he brings Colson off the bench because if you start him, then you have your two bigs. Uh, I, I think it involves Fluger more than anyone. Yeah, because he did talk about how Demetrius plays so much better with one around or four around one. You know, that's not a Colson Zach August who's playing great. I mean, I, I got to give Bray and that coaching staff I, and Zach August a yeah. ton of credit because for the first time you could look in his career, you'd be like, you know, what does he need to do in the tournament? Just keep doing what he's doing. You you never said, just keep doing what you're doing. That's great to, about <laughs> exactly. Zach August. And, man, he's playing a very high level right now. And also a huge boost. B.J. Beecham was absolutely an unusable player at this point last year. Yeah. And he played... So- I mean, not only the Duke game, but just getting left-handed finish early against North Carolina. He's a different player right now. I thought he should get his tooth chipped all the time because it made him mad, and he became a much better player against yeah, I, Duke. Yeah, I thought he showed some real. I mean, just he doesn't show a lot of emotion, yeah. and just facially when he hit those threes against Duke, it was like, "Whoa, look at VJ Beecham looking tough out there." Give me the ball. 
14 points in, in the seven tournament games last year is what he produced. And he was dropping passes, and this is basketball. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really it was impossible to play him. And, and, you know, he was a basketball player against Duke and North Carolina, not just a shooter. He was doing other things on the floor to help mm-hmm. the team win. That's why it's interesting pulling guys out of the lineup. You think Vastoria gets – I mean, Vastoria's mentally tough. He can go. He can come off a bench if he had to at yeah. times. But Colson – Yeah, he won't do that. He wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. But Colson, to me, I think you need Colson – we have to talk about the first game either Tulsa or Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan's the worst rebounding team in the tournament. I think you have to bludgeon them with Colson in August, not try and go small. And then, of course, the, the lineup we talked about would be for West Virginia because I know they're better. I know some people are comfortable one around four, but Colson and August can destroy Michigan on the back. Yeah, court. and you're right about Beach. I mean, 34 points in two games. He attacked the basket. Yeah. He's, he's doing some things defensively. He just played aggressively, and that's what he needs to do. It, it, it's kind of counter to his personality. You guys have talked to VJ Beecham. Mm-hmm. He's too nice for his own good. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, oh, yeah. when it comes to, to, you know, to competitive situations. But I liked what he showed. I hope there's no setback. And you know, with Beecham, it's like okay, he played two good games, or he gets, you know, he, he's in this setting and he played well. Now he's got to go to a different setting yeah. and kind of recalibrate. And I hope he can do that because he's a wild card and a real key guy here for them. I didn't mean. Putting Vastoria on the bench to start the game. I just meant 30 minutes, not 39 for Vastoria. Yeah. It doesn't affect anything. If yeah. you're rotating yeah. him out once in a yeah. while. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to ask Bray about this yesterday, just about you when you look at Ryan and Fluger now, you just they're different players than even they were a month ago. I mean, forget obviously it's like they've grown over the course of the season, but I think both of those guys have taken huge jumps in their reliability in the last two weeks. Um so if 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 they're more twenty minute guys instead of 10-minute guys, then maybe you help out that story a little bit there. I think Pfluger's more in that category. I mean, Ryan's a shooter. That's why you recruited him, so you've got to throw him in the game and let him shoot at least for a period of time in each half. Yeah, and if he hits, he gets 25 minutes, and if he doesn't, somebody else gets the minutes. Mm -hmm. Whereas Pfluger is a defensive player that bothers the other team. You know what you're getting from him if he scores good, but he will play good defense. He'll create some turnovers. He'll call for some fouls. He gets his hand on the ball. It's just a different, different. Notre Dame doesn't have a player like that, really. And he's not going to go in there and not play well because he doesn't have to shoot to impact the game at all. He could just, yeah. he could take two shots, play 25 minutes, guard the other guy's best guard, save Demetrius from having to do it, and help the team. Whereas Ryan, he's got to hit his shots because he's not there yet defensively, but boy, if he hits his shots, yeah. that's. <laughs> well, I think, I think, you know, I think Michigan beats Tulsa. Um, and I think John Beeline's an excellent uh, yeah. coach. You know, I think that so's Frank can, Haith. Tulsa's got a good yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think they're. I, mean, I don't think they're nearly as as good of a basketball right. team. And Michigan's not that good of a basketball team. We talked about the history of Notre Dame for whatever this is worth, because it is history. The history of Notre Dame against Michigan in postseason is not very good, both in the NCAA and, and ACC tournament. And the last twelve times they've played, eight of them have been in March. So they're playing them in yeah. postseason, and they're two and six in those games for whatever that's worth. But I think John Beeline's an excellent coach, and that in itself will make it challenging. I have something worth relevant, re- relevant note. Last time, now Michigan's Big Ten power program, right? Remember the run last year by Notre Dame, the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. When's the last time Notre Dame beat a power program in the NCAA tournament, power conference program? I don't know, but I, I looked up. They have not beaten a three seed or better. Since the tournament expanded in 1985, and West Virginia's a three seed. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a long time that's right the there. Time. I mean, are you you can go back further than that? No, they haven't beat the last time 
they beat a power program was Illinois to get to the Sweet 16 in 2003. Yeah. That's All what everything goes runs. back to. That's, yeah. that's, the, yeah. that's the last sort of top four seed that they... they now, they Butler beat. and Wichita State are really good programs, so let's not just totally discount that. Last year, of course, they were better, sure. than, they were better than most power programs, but the, but the fact is they get athletes at power programs. Yeah, and let's face it. I mean, they caught a, they caught a break by having to go through Northeastern, Butler, and Wichita State. You know, as good as Wichita State was, they did catch a break. I just want to, I want the last thing I want to say about this, uh, I wrote a story yesterday about Sweet 16 or bust, and I'm not saying that if they don't get to the Sweet 16, it wasn't a successful season. However, I mean, after what you did last year, the the only way you can really measure this program now is you've got to get, you've got to get to the Sweet 16. You've got to survive the first weekend. If you do that, everything else after that is gravy. Now, for Michigan State, Teams like that, right. you know, final four. You, yeah, yeah, you've got to go yeah. Final Four. But for Notre Dame, in order for them to gain the respect, in order to uh, to get a foothold recruiting-wise, if you want to get some premier players, which Mike Bray kind of picks and chooses how many premier players he wants because he wants system guys, but you've got to win twice this weekend. There's just no other way around it. That would give you a minimum of five wins in the postseason in the last two years. Now you're gaining a little bit of respect from – the rest of your competition and on the recruiting trail. Yeah, as well. I, I think uh, an earlier podcast, maybe a few weeks ago, we talked about well, what would be a successful season for Notre Dame. Like that, you could just be like, good, you know, no, no quibble at all. Right. It, was, it was make the semis of the ACC. Yes, I did, and make the Sweet Sixteen. Just totally reasonable yeah, at agree, this point. I, um, I don't. I'm. I'm not going to go out and predict that they're going to. That's going to happen. But if it, if it does, good season. I mean. Probably a very good season considering all the all the reshuffling that they did. Just uh, a housekeeping. Michigan Tulsa, if you want to scout that, is the late game on Wednesday okay. night, um, and then Notre Dame versus the winner of that game will be the late game Friday night in Brooklyn. So that's probably about a 10 p.m. tip. Um, yeah, that's so so pace yourself on Thursday and Friday. Otherwise, you will fall asleep during that game. It's just inevitable. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for segment one on Irish Illustrated Insider. We're going to come back to a segment two just looking at football, and then we'll take a few questions after that to wrap up this week's podcast. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, we get into the start of spring practice. Brian Kelly will have a press conference on Tuesday, and we'll be at practice early Wednesday morning for the start of 15 spring practices. And I mean, there are so many, so many areas here which are of interest, but I don't think anything's going to be more interesting or of more interest to Notre Dame fans than the quarterback situation. Yeah, I feel like uh, Maley and I are going to treat this like political campaigns. I'm going to be embedded with the Malik Zayer camp, and you can be embedded with this Sean Kaiser. We can just have hour-by-hour updates about what they're doing, having for breakfast. You know, they put their left shoe on first, or their right shoe on first. What does that mean? Um, yeah, it's it's a quarterback competition that's not going to end. Um but that's not going to stop everyone from asking about it every single. I don't think it's. I mean, I just don't think it's. I don't think it's very interesting this it's, spring. Yeah. But no, not the spring. No, yeah. I mean, there is in August. It's interesting <laughs> yeah. in August for sure. Yeah. But in spring, you know, there's not going to be a winner. And I think one of the things that's not interesting about it is both guys are good, and right. one's not transferring after graduation. So it's it's a it's a win win for Notre Dame, whoever. Is the starting quarterback against Texas? Yeah, I think He'll the be only, good. The only interesting thing would be if at some point, you know, it's winding down. If Kelly kind of openly muses how he's going to have to use both because they've done so well, right. and and I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to have to happen probably because 
We're, we've been talking about it. They're two of the ten best players on the team, on a team that needs leadership and needs guidance, and two of their ten best leaders, two of their ten best players. It's a, it's a weird team. If you had last year's roster coming back, there is no way he would try to play both of these guys. He'd be like, someone's winning this job, and we have a team around them. But I just think you got to use them both. You know, you got to find a way. And I think what we saw during August of last year, we will see again, and that is that Deshaun Kaiser's a more accurate passer of the football. Mm-hmm. You know, Malik Zaire can can narrow that gap, but I don't think. And I, I guess we were we surprised by that a little bit in August. So we, well, we had four or five practices. We felt like we were apologizing for it every time. Yeah, we it's like about it. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser yeah. was more accurate yeah. today. We go to the next one. Deshaun Kaiser was more accurate today. That that's just. I mean, I think that's where they are in their development. I I always thought that that was an issue with Malik Zaire coming out of high school, but we also knew that that wasn't. I mean, when you listed his strengths, the, you wouldn't say passing accuracy. Right. It was the other things that he could do athletically, his competitiveness, his leadership, etc. So from that standpoint, it's interesting. But I think there are many, many other battles right. here this oh, spring yeah. that are more interesting. Yeah, I mean, there one. are position battles that can be won. You know, quarterback's not one of them. Right. What happens at the safety spot opposite Max Redfield? What happens at Mike Linebacker? Will Linebacker potentially? Three wide receiver positions. I mean, there's left cornerback with everybody going at it. The off, yeah, the offensive line. Um, there's there's just a lot more interesting things about this team than the quarterback position right now, which is still interesting. But <laughs> there are there are jobs that can be won uh, in the next fifteen practices. Quarterbacks just not it'll be as interesting as we make it. You know, yeah. I mean, we you you can we can we can cho- you know. Well, let's ser- make it interesting. Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, we choose the storylines, yeah. and and it will be as interesting as we mm-hmm. make it. I mean, I, as I, I mean, you hit up upon some of the areas that I think are really fascinating. The linebacker spot. I mean, great opportunity for Asma Bilal with Coney out and Martini out, and yeah. and let's go back to something that we said. Um, while we were off the air, Grim Martini is going to be a starting linebacker on on this team. He's out with the shoulder, so we won't you know we won't hear about that this spring. But I don't think there's any doubt that he's one of the starters. Is it definitely Mike? I don't know about that, but he'll be on the field this I, fall. I guess it's interesting to me. You mentioned Bilal. So with with Martini and Coney out, do they not give, but they place Morgan in the mic with not real competition behind him? Do you do Bilal versus Barajas? Barajas splitting reps. Barajas is interesting Mike. to me as like kind of a a football nerd because it's like a, he's a second team player. Yeah. But I'm just curious: is he a second team Mike or is he a second team yeah. Will? You know, could they get him some reps at Sam? Especially if Martini's starting, does Barajas become that? We're playing a bigger team. Start him over on a while. I I don't know. I I thought he was. I know Tim and I really liked him come out of high school. His Love freshman him. year was just sort of lost. I mean, uh, picture picture Barajas and his senior film coming yeah. out of high school. Just he was dynamic and powerful and explosive. Yeah, angry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Not not necessarily really tall. Not not the specific dimensions that you look for, but a physical attacking guy. He's a fascinating guy. This yeah, spring. I mean, it's uh, so I'm curious how that shakes out. You know, McKelty Williams. Yeah. You know, does, is he still part of the mix at at safety? You know, the McGovern Biven competing, but not at the same position on the yeah. offensive line because Alex Bars is out. Um, I, I want to see if Tiasam Taylor and Duke Treadway are really players. Yeah, I I don't I have real doubts about that, especially with you know Khalid Kareem here now and Dalen Dalen Hayes, Hayes inside. You know Jonathan Bonner now taking the next step. 
can Blankenship take the next step? Trombetti, of course, is going to be significant and now playing the position he plays best. Right. I think the year that you predicted for him this past year has a much better chance of coming to fruition. I'm just going to keep predicting until it happens anyway. <laughs> so there's no, but Jay, Pete just mentioned Jay Hayes is a guy I want to watch this yeah. spring because that, that'd be a nice piece in the rotation there. You're assuming Jerron Jones at nose, Tillery at three technique, and Hayes behind Tillery. Man, cage and he, in there, too. And, and Cage is a nose along with, with Jones. I'd love those four together. I mean, you can make a argument that they could have a better year on the defensive line if those four play well because that's what matters is the inside. They were they were so beaten up last year without Jerron Jones. I mean, Tillery, you know, he, they were putting an 18-year-old in there to, to try and hold yeah. up against those guys. If, if all four of them can play, that's a good defensive line interior. Can, yeah. De- nice can Dexter Williams take the next step at, at, at running back? A, a guy that I we've talked about this on a couple podcasts. I, I really think that if, if Durham Smythe can stay healthy, I think that he... He joins a long line of quality yeah. tight ends. I think he has that kind of ability. C.J. Sanders in the slot. Does he give Notre Dame flexibility with Torrey Hunter? If Sanders can emerge, you you give you give your receiving core a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, and uh, how quickly can I drive the Equimania St. Brown hype train down the tracks? Um, that's uh, that's the guy I've I've hitched myself to for spring ball, but. I mean, he's the, not going to be full. He's not going to be. That job's there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if he's healthy with the shoulder, you would think he would be active. Um, man, it's just, it is staring you in the face. You can't ask for a better opportunity than what that kid has Co- right now. Corey Robinson. I mean, does he emerge as he, he, we know he's the leader of the senior student body, right. the yeah. senior class student body. Can he be a leader on, on this football team? Miles Boykin, another really great opportunity for him to, to make a mark. To your point, is it good news or bad news at the end of the spring if Brian Kelly says, Corey Robinson is clearly our starter at the W position? Or is it, we like what we have in Robinson and Boykin? What's better? I, you Do you know, think Robinson can get to that point where they're like, wow, he just took yeah, the... Yeah, no, I, 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 Robinson has played a lot of... <laughs> Good football. I mean, he's sort of gone missing in some stretches, yeah. but Boykin hasn't played zero football. Yeah, so good news if he can really just take the reins and be the leader. Of I, the feel, I feel like you're going to be hearing about Boykin in a semi-similar way to what we heard about St. Brown last, last year. year. I agree like, with that. I'd like to play him more, but yeah. Robinson is a senior and knows the system and sort of understands yeah. everything else. I, I don't together. think Corey Robinson's just going to seize the position because I don't think physically he's good enough to do that. I, again... Picture the guy coming out of high school and what the issues are, why he was downgraded a little bit. He's just, a, he's his father's son. He's a basketball player. He has basketball genes playing football. He doesn't, he doesn't run sharp routes. He doesn't make sharp cuts. I don't think that the game comes naturally to him. So I expect Miles Boykin to, to push him strongly at that position. Just a logistics for spring ball. So we got the Brian Kelly press conference on Tuesday. The first spring practice is Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll get access to about I think a half hour, it's a, it's a half hour viewing. Talk to coaches and players afterwards, uh, and then we'll have access to players again on Friday. So that's and then nothing over over, over, over the weekend. weekend. But uh, yeah, we'll get our first thirty minute view of the early enrollees on Wednesday morning, probably inside the Loftus Center. I would think. Um, we're not going to be exposed to a whole lot here. We're going to see. We're going to put names with numbers. I don't. The first think one. The first one. You mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to be you know full geared up or anything. It's just like who's in shape and who's not. Who's participating? Who's not? I mean that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, there's, be, a, there's a full Saturday practice down the line where you get to start forming your opinions on that we carry over yeah, in yeah. the summer. Yeah. So plenty, plenty to go over the next month. 
We're going to wrap up this podcast with a segment three with a handful of questions for our readers next uh, before calling it another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. Welcome back to segment three of Irish Illustrated Insider, our Burning Up the Board segment. Uh, Number one, we're going to go back to basketball with Statman1972. Will his below-average performance since suffering a hamstring injury deter Demetrius Jackson from early entry into the NBA draft? Yeah, it's. I think that question has gone back and forth this year, honestly. I mean, you know, talking to a source about it, they felt like he was probably going to leave. This is earlier in the year, right. before the hamstring. The The feeling that I got was the coaching staff expected Demetrius to leave. But they were hopeful maybe he'd come back and sort of be a, a player of the year type candidate, mm-hmm. face a college basketball, but they weren't overly optimistic about it. But it kind of sounds like maybe that's that's changed a little bit in the last month or so. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, obviously he hasn't been the same player since the hamstring. He certainly right. hasn't shot n- nearly as well. I've known Demetrius Jackson since he was a freshman in high school. He went to my alma mater. I was coaching baseball there at, at the time. And I don't know that it's the hamstring injury and the way he's playing that will deter him from uh, leaving early as much as I know the kid. He's just a he's a shy, introspective young man. And I think... I think the prospect of playing in the NBA, although he's certainly geared his whole life to, to reaching that point, I think that whole prospect of becoming a professional basketball player and the life that comes with it is very, very scary to him and, and intimidating. Um, I think that plays as much as a role, of a role in his decision as the hamstring injury and where his game has gone. I mean, everybody says that this is a weak crop of guards coming out, so it's a good time for him, especially with next year being a, 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 a good crop of guards. I just think when all is said and done, and then throw on the fact that stick around and get your, you know, follow through with getting your degree from Notre Dame, I think ultimately he stays, and I think it has a, there, there are many reasons why he'll make that decision. And I think the reason he would go is when he gets evaluated, if it comes back, that says, you're a lottery pick, you're the second point guard being taken, and then Mike Bray will say, go. You should go. But if it doesn't come back that way and it's your borderline, you could be picked anywhere from 14 to 26, you got to make a decision maybe to be the number one. I mean, you could be a good guard crop next year or not. He could be the best guard in the country right. next year. And, yeah. you know, it's, well, he's, not, he's certainly not shooting well enough, and I know point guard, that's not as big of an issue as a two guard is. He's a but. scoring point guard, though. He's going to have to be in the NBA because he's not a magic – I don't mean Magic Johnson. He is not a – you know, going out and leading the league in assists situation. Yeah. Um, it, it, he's not a true point. He's got to be a scoring point guard in the NBA with his yeah. athleticism, don't you think? Yeah, he does. And, and I, you know, I mean, he, he can do that penetrating, yeah. but, I, but I, just shooting the basketball. And I can remember telling somebody when he came to Notre Dame, somebody was trying to expl- argue with me that he was going to be a 40% three-point shooter. And I said, I've watched him play for four years. I don't think there's anything wrong with his shot. I, I think his... His release is good. It's soft. He puts the ball on the rim softly. Yeah, his elevation is unreal. Yeah, his <laughs> elevation is tremendous. It just doesn't go in as consistently as you expect it to. Yeah, and maybe that's what your offseason is all about. It yeah. wouldn't be the first player who took a huge jump as a senior. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Jaron Grant. That would, yeah, be, I, that would be a really good example. But, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I can't imagine anybody hoists up as many practice shots as Demetrius does. I just don't yeah. know that, you know, I mean – 
look, you can practice and practice and practice and you can make improvements, but I also think in many instances there's just a cap on it, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how much that is going to improve in his career. But I, I, I think that your points earlier about his personality being kind of an introvert, you know, what it's going to be like for him to come back to Notre Dame where everyone's telling you how great you are, like he's going to get a lot of support here. Um the you family, know, the, I, I'm sorry for interrupting, the family yeah. situation yeah. with him because yeah. of his background and the way the Whitfield family took mm-hmm. him in, I mean, that's that is a that's a huge factor and a huge comfort for a kid that spent, you know, the first half of his life really in disarray. Well, so, yeah, yeah. so it's I think there's just a lot of nurturing that he can get out of Notre Dame that certainly you're not going to ever get in the cutthroat NBA world. Right. So maybe it would be better for him to come back. All right, our next question Helmet six two two. What area of the team do you think will show the most improvement from now through August camp? Special team, safety, tight end, or is it impossible to tell until I, September? I'm 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 praying that it's on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> I don't know exactly where. I mean, it would have to what on the back end, right? That's safety. where the yeah, yeah it would have to be the yeah. the back end of it. But again, they're so young at linebacker that you hope there's significant improvement in the second level. I think we have so much hope. At linebacker, though, as analysts, don't you think? You just look at that, look at yeah. all those bodies, like, oh, they'll be good at linebacker. They've recruited yeah, well. Yeah, recruited well. I don't feel that way about safety because Drew Tranquil's on a second injury because Avery Sebastian's on his yeah. always injured situation. They haven't recruited well. No, they haven't recruited well, right. And, you know, uh, offensive line is in flux, but I total faith in the situation there. By September, it's going to look a lot different in September than it does now. Yeah. When they, they could get beaten up in the spring by the defensive line. The I, offensive be, line. No. I don't know. I mean, I'd be disappointed if Nick Watkins just doesn't go out and win the the cornerback job. He got the opening That's, in the in yeah. the bowl game. He he certainly played well enough to you know gain some confidence by it. He has the size. It's a four star player. I mean, uh, he but, needs to yeah. win that job. He's the co conductor on the Equimania St. Brown hype train. <laughs> it's also the Nick Watkins hype train. That I think he's that one gonna, I buy into. He with the, uh, he is going to be really really good. Um, I would go as far to say I wouldn't be surprised if he's known as best corner this year. I think Nick Watkins is built like a, a he's got a pro build. No, and I think you called it well going into the bowl game. You expressed a lot of confidence yeah. in him yeah. playing well. I think Tim and I were like, really? Based yeah. upon what? But I know that you had had conversations with his high school coach that gave yeah, you a great insight into who the play kid is. in high school. Yeah. And it's like you get a little bit more about the personality there. Um, and we, we discuss him put together. as the guy there because we're all putting Crawford at nickel, right? Just yeah, so, just so listeners know, we're not ever dismissing Sean Crawford. He's right. the nickel. He will play that which position. Is, that, and I mean, great, that, and he's well. a starter. Yeah. That yeah. makes yeah. him a starter as long as they use nickel, which of course they will with with a player like that. We really haven't. I mean, is Niles Morgan going to step forward and 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 become the player that we expect? I will say. I mean, going first on this, I'll say I, I really, really have my doubts. I I, I really do. Yeah, and Tim, you made a really good point about this last season where. It wasn't like he was just stuck behind Joe Schmidt. He also, it felt like he was stuck behind Greer Martini yeah. and stuck behind Jared Grace. Certainly on goal line, he was stuck, stuck behind another guy. He couldn't find stuck a role. behind Tavon Coney. Yeah, he couldn't um, find a role. They found roles for Grace, Coney, Martini. Yeah. And they couldn't get a scrimmage role for Morgan. It was odd to me. I, w- I would think he would be a great goal line option. I'm not knocking Tavon Coney, but why can Niles Morgan not go shoot the gap of the goal It was strange. Yeah. It was a really strange situation. So, yeah, I'm I'm with Priester on this one. I have my doubts that that's going to happen. We had, a, we had a thread the other day uh, about captains, and I think we all kind of chimed in and, and speculated about that. Isaac Rochelle is the slam dunk, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the second closest to like a slam dunk is Otawalu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
His personality uh, speaks to yeah, it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope he can play to the level of right, his right, leadership. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think Adewale's personality is, is... The way he's built is not that far off. It's like if you could mix Jalen Smith and Corey Robinson together. Because football is really, really, really mm-hmm. important to Adewale, but he's but he also has yeah. other stuff happening. Yeah. And it, like, you know, when did the internship in New York and finance and all that stuff. Like He's a neat kid. He's, he's a good just kid got, interview. He's got the whole package happening. Yeah. And I think that's that's what you want in a captain. Um, so I think he's he's a sure thing. And then how about offensive side of the ball? I think, you know, McGlinchey is probably that's the guy that we've that That's the first day you bring up. Well, it, it is because it is. I don't think that, that that comes naturally to him. I think he's kind of ascended to that because of – Starting a full yeah. season and then the mm-hmm. bowl game the year before, but I don't know that there's a natural. Who's I mean, who Malik's that year is a natural of, leader. Well, he yeah, he's one a, of the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, has to be one of the quarterbacks. Um, and it's like at Ohio State last year, JT Barrett was the backup to start the year, but he was a captain. Malik Zaire just screams captain to me. Can happen. Yeah, there. Um, you know, there's nobody at receiver. I, I, I don't think Corey Robinson. I don't is, think he will be either. People you know, are going to find it very of, stranger saying this, and I agree with you. That Corey Robinson isn't that guy we think he's is not. No, he's not a leader. He was just elected to. He he is a leader, <laughs> but I don't leader. think he's a leader of the Notre Dame football team in 2016. Yeah, I mean, I think cap, captains you're looking for like the Jim Rat, one hundred percent football all the time, and Corey Robinson just has a bunch of stuff going right, on. Right. Um, you know, James Arnold has a bunch of stuff going on, but he is a he is a Jim Rat football player too. Um, he's also an all-time team first. I mean, he was a wide receiver that was special teams yeah. demon. Now he's a linebacker that's added 30 pounds. Tough. And he loves playing special teams guy, still, I you think. know. Um, you know, so offensively, I think Durham Smythe, if he had, pl- if he had been healthy last yeah. year, he would yeah. be a guy I think we would yeah. all be mentioning. I, I agree. Um, but, and, you know, I don't know if Tarian Falston is, he's pretty quiet. Kid he around us, be, at least, had some healthy too, right? I know yeah. one of our one of our subscribers suggested Tory Hunter. I, I don't know that that's a yeah. natural fit for him. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean that that will evolve, and and the the team itself, the coaching staff, will have a better idea upon the conclusion of spring because it's you know it's a whole new ball game. You'll have fewer captains, and you won't have Brian Kelly saying I could have named seven. Yeah, you'll have that two to right. three, not, two to three range. It's not one of those years. You know, huge spring for Mustafer. It's, I mean, is 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 it his job to lose, or is it open with him and Hodge? I feel like it's his job to lose. Yeah. That's just my that's just my feeling of... talking to people. It's just like they're they're really high. They like him a lot. Good. Um, so he's a tough kid. I mean, 30, I remember in the program. That's good too. You want that stout? Yeah. I mean, athletic. Um, you know, just he's not. I mean, Nick Martin was huge. I think we're gonna be like, man, Nick Martin. You're gonna realize how big Nick Martin was when we go out to spring practice on Wednesday and see Sam Lust for Tristan mm-hmm. Hodge, because like neither of them are. Good. Just envelop you the way Nick Martin did. All right, let me uh, throw this last question here at you, Pete, from Irish Boo. Guesses on where Demetrius Robertson ends up. Guesses regarding in what month he will decide. <laughs> it I will, didn't month, that. year? That's all written. Well, the, the season starts Labor Day weekend. So he's got to be somebody somewhere before that. He should be I, in camp by the start of August. I, I do not, talking to people around Notre Dame, I do not feel good about this at all with Notre Dame. Um, I think Notre Dame has slid considerably. He signed um, financial aid agreements with Georgia Tech and Cal, which is really just a way to ensure your backup plans come through. He wants to go to Stanford. He's and I think maybe since our last podcast, he's taken officials to Georgia and Alabama. Um, 
He really I, doesn't want to go to Notre Dame, I think Dame, it's just he? one of those situations where it's like, you know what? Uh, Catholic school in the Midwest is just a little more outside my comfort zone than I like. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Um, usually it doesn't happen when you're the only person left on the board and we're, we're analyzing every single thing that you do. So at, I, I did have a source tell me that the Notre Dame staff feels like it's going to be Stanford. Um, and that is not something, that is not a vibe at all that I got in January when Stanford was barely right. involved. Well, he's going to remain in all, all of our lives for yeah. for a while then, won't he? Let me, okay, let me ask you this, because when you have a situation like this, there's, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is, kid's a head case, he's going to be hard to handle, he's a handful. Is that what we're dealing with here, or is this a kid that's just really, I mean, He's holding out for Stanford. This is a kid that's very obviously is taking yeah. academics very seriously. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a head case at all. I mean, not I don't think he's a head case any more than Jerry Tillery was when he took official visits to Dartmouth and LSU yeah. while being a Notre Dame commitment. And every time you'd ask him about his Notre Dame commitment, he'd be like, "Yeah, of course I'm committed." Like, yeah, it's like, what about these visits? Well, you know, I mean, why wouldn't it? he? Demetrius Robertson is a really interesting cat. Jerry Tillery was a really interesting yeah. cat. Um, I think there's kind of some similarities there. Um, so, you know, with Robertson, I, ultimately I think at, at the end it's going to be like Notre Dame kind of far away, kind of cold, kind of Catholic, kind of in the Midwest, just maybe more outside my comfort zone than, you know, a Stanford would be or certainly a Georgia Alabama. I, I, just, I, I just want to throw that out there because I think, you know, again, because of a situation like this, he's such an outlier yeah. in the process. Yeah, I think a lot of times when you, when you see guys go – beyond signing day, I think the initial reaction from fans is like, are they doing this because they want more attention? And I I don't feel that way about Demetrius Robertson at all. I think he's just like, I really yeah. want to get into Stanford and see if I could if I I could I could make that happen. I mean, we all went past signing day. Yeah. <laughs> I just showed up at the bar. Make your decision <laughs> in February, right? Yeah. February fourth. It's not a little that's different a, situation. It is a different situation, nobody, but I mean, nobody you know, gave a damn where we yeah, went. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> we, we all, I mean, it's tough to make the decision right there, especially since you don't have to. It's a fake day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it's it. A fake so, day. all right. Well, that's it for this edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by IrishIllustrated.com. We're going to come back for a second podcast this week on Thursday. March 17th, the St. Patrick's Day morning podcast. Uh, it will just be O'Malley and, and myself, so maybe we'll bring some Guinness for that. Um, Tim Priester will be out in Brooklyn already. I'll be already. Guinness in yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> just, just rousing. So we'll do a morning podcast to sort of recap everything we saw from string practice number one and our interviews with Brian Kelly and some players after that. So until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, and Pete Sampson, thanks for listening to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by IrishIllustrated.com.